We're continuing in our series in the book of Philippians today. This is our third Sunday. We've been going for three. We're going to go today and one more. And we've been talking about this awesome short letter in the New Testament each Sunday that has one really big theme. The theme is joy. The subject of joy and having joy and expressing joy, all kind of ways of turning that, that truth is mentioned 16 times in just four chapters in this short letter, this book in the Bible that we've been looking at. And so we've been kind of like a diamond, looking at joy each week and kind of how you turn a diamond and you see a different facet, a little different color of the light. That's what we're doing with the subject of joy using the book of Philippians. Now today, we're going to talk about how having the right focus in our life results in joy. That the joy God wants us to live in constantly is you could say today our, our, our idea is that it's going to be a byproduct of where we focus. So we're going to talk all about focusing and how that leads to joy. So let's start with our definition. Our definition of joy is this. Joy is a positive state of mind that goes deeper than the emotions. Though it is emotional, you might think of joy as just an emotion. Well, it's really an emotional reaction to something deeper because things can be tough, but I still have joy and really, joy affects my emotions, okay? So it's emotional, but it's really deeper than that. Going on, it's unaffected by circumstances. We've talked about that and how circumstances change, but our joy doesn't have to. And then finally, we, we're saying it's rooted in a strong belief in God's reliability. Now, I haven't always had a, a positive state of mind that he's just describing in this definition. Um, you know, I've let circumstances, I've let people, I've let stuff just, you know, get me off track and it messed me up. And just, I'll give you an example. Um, this morning, uh, this, this very day, you know, we came to church and, and we had a problem. The problem was the, the video uh, wasn't displaying correctly on the screen and on the screens we have. And uh, as a matter of fact, in the first service, we had none. There were no words on it, nothing. It was blank. Um, and so I, I don't know, I sat up there for, I don't know how long it was. I probably just made the problem worse, to be honest. But they're like, hey, this isn't working. I sat up there, tried to figure it out. And that kind of stuff, that, that's in my, um, I don't want to say wheelhouse, really, but it's just something that's important to me. It's important that that stuff is good and looks well. And I struggled. Um, I was really trying to be happy, and, and, but, you know, I wanted to put a, a knife through the computer. I mean, it was driving me bananas. And so the whole time, even we're having the message, we did fine. I mean, I think I did a fantastic job. Oh, but, absolutely. But <laughs> I was having to tell my brain, shut up. Don't try to fix this problem right now. You know, um, I wasn't wanting to have a lot of joy. So it was, it drove me nuts. And uh, have you ever had any recent, or have you had any recent problems? Yes, I did. Last night, I'm driving to Rosenberg. I'm going to go and uh, do some stuff. And I have a flat tire on the highway. Oh, yeah, and fortunately, I, I was able to exit real quick and get off the highway, and so I'm pulled over on the highway. I have just driven through pouring rain and looking all around thinking, I'm going to get soaked. Well, here I go, you know, so I'm getting the jack out and everything, and so I'm trying to get the spare tire to lower, and so if, you're, if your vehicle is like mine, you take this little lockout and you, you put your pipe together and you stick it in there and you, you crank it down, right? Simple. We've, we've done it. If you've changed the tire, it wasn't working for me. And I, I go pull out the owner's manual. I'm like, I've done this before. Like, what am I forgetting? I know I'm getting old and I forget stuff more. And I look, I'm, I'm doing it right, and I'm doing this for an hour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and it's getting darker all around me. I'm laying on the asphalt under this truck. I've got my hand up here, and that tube thing is moving. That's the problem. The tube that your tool goes through isn't in line to get into the socket to lower it down. So I've got hands up here, and don't go rubbing up under your truck anytime soon because then it gets all over your face. It falls down. I'm blinking and doing this. And finally, slam. I'm like, I think I finally got it. And I start to turn it. So with two hands, I'm, I'm messing with this. And I hear, Rum. and I look, and I'm like, now I get help? Really? <laughs> you know, for an hour, I was thinking, I almost called you, brother. I was thinking, you know, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? So anyway, get the tire down in this Wonderful young man jumps out. His name was Daniel. He said, can I help you, sir? I said, well, I think I finally got it. He goes, oh, let me help you anyway. And I think, you know what? I'm exhausted. I've been fighting this thing. So go ahead. And so Daniel finishes, gets my, even throws my, my tire in the back of the truck for me. And I treated him to a nice date with his girlfriend. He said, here, take all my money. Thank you so much. Well, the whole time, you know, I'm struggling, but I'm thinking about this too. I'm laughing, thinking, God, I don't want to lose my joy. Dang it, you know, like that. So that was last night, man. Anybody in here um, experienced anything that tried to steal your joy lately? Let me see your hand. Come on. All right, great. So y'all are just as messed up as me and Ed. That's right. Um, that's really good. It makes us feel better up here. Um, <laughs> so you've noticed then that our world really needs some joy. I mean, have you seen very much good news lately? Uh, it it kind of feels like the world doesn't feel safe, right? I mean, you know, I mean we've got to watch everything. Well, I personally believe that the, the times when I have you know, this joy trying to be stolen or kind of anxiety and like worried about things, it's because something in my life doesn't look or feel safe. Does that make sense? I think you guys are smart enough. I mean, listen to part of our definition of joy. I'm going to read that last part. It said... Rooted in a strong belief of God's reliability. Okay, that's big. That, that, that's really big. If I'm rooted there, then I'm always going to know I'm safe, no matter what's happening. And if I know I'm safe, I'm going to be all right. You know, I can, I can take that breath. I'm not, I'm not stressed out. Check out what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, this whole book of the Bible that we're doing. He wrote this. My brothers and sisters, be joyful in your union with the Lord. I don't mind repeating what I've written before. So he's like just repeating himself you know, about joy. He, and here's what he says. And you will be safer if I do so. If we begin to grab a hold of and get hold of the fact that God's reliable no matter what, and we focus on joy, I'm going to be safer. I'm going to even feel safer. So, so let me tell you this. Uh, this is actually something I forgot to say in the first service, so you guys, you're getting extra. Joy has the power to overcome a bad day. You ever had a bad day? They just started bad, ended bad, everything was bad in between. Well, yeah, we've all, all had bad days. And I think Paul is trying to tell us, or at least one of the things he's saying in, when he wrote this is, joy can beat your bad day. Focus on that, and, and your bad day can lose, and, and, and you can win. Um, and and that, that makes sense to my brain anyway. And so uh, I, I want to tell you about a few things here that can, that can get in our way of this, that can actually kill our focus on joy or, or take our joy away um, and, because I want you to be able to stay away from them. We started this last week talking about some joy killers, 
And so uh, I'm gonna, let me, let me go with a few of those here. Here's some joy killers, and we find them actually in the same letter that Paul's writing in Philippians, just a few uh, scriptures down. This is verse eight, Philippians 3, starting in verse 18. He said this, for as I have often told you before and now say again, even with tears, I mean, he's like serious about this. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. They don't understand it at all. Their destiny is destruction. It's not gonna end well for them. Their God is their stomach, their glory, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. In these two passages of scripture, we have a few joy killers, things that can take it away from you and, and just make your bad day worse or make you have a bad day. And the first one is this, being unaware of the benefits of the cross. He said it right there close to the beginning. He said, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. They, they, don't, they didn't grasp. They, they don't know that Jesus uh, came for them. They, they're trying to do things opposite of what God has for their lives. And it's, it's just going to lead to bad things. It never leads to anything good if you go away from God. It, it, it won't. It, it leads to bad stuff. And so not knowing about God, not knowing about how much uh, he loves you can take your joy away. Uh, you, you, maybe today's your first day in church in a long time or ever. And you're like, wow, okay, I didn't, haven't heard of that before. Maybe this is all new to you. Or maybe you're a person that you went to church and you used to maybe as a little kid, you know, and then you grew up and just kind of went on your own way. And now, now you came back. Maybe today's like the first of, or just a couple times you, you've been back and, and said, I want to get things going right. Or, you know, maybe you've been in church this whole time, ever since you were born, and you've never missed a day ever in life. You know, you, you've got 100% attendance. Well, wherever you're at, wherever you're at and anywhere else that I maybe didn't even mention in that scale, we're so glad that you came today because joy can be a great thing or is a great thing for your life. Um, a, a huge benefit of the cross is not only that you can have hope forever. You're like, hey, I don't want to go to hell. Well, okay, you know, God can help you with that. But it also, also works for today. It also helps me where, where I'm living today, uh, what's going on in my life right now. God wants to help me with that. And that's one of the benefits of Jesus and the cross and, and God saying you can be part of his family. So it works for us today. So the first joy killer is not knowing. It's like being unaware of who God is, unaware of what happened when Jesus died on the cross and helped connect us to God. The second one is this, uh, being addicted to pleasure. I know, see, I was hoping, I figured they liked me maybe until now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're meddling. I've, I've been the bad guy a few times in these. <laughs> I don't know. You know um, the, the part of the, the, the letter that Paul wrote, and he said their, their, their stomach, or their, their God was their stomach, right? Whatever they wanted, whatever they thought was great is what they did. Now, it, it could even be good things. Good things can be bad for you if they, if they take you off of focus, if they take you the wrong direction. So this doesn't even, not even talking about, oh, well, I'm not addicted to nothing. I'm not, I'm not on coke. Okay, I got you. But you could be addicted to something. As a matter of fact, here we go. If you got anything in your life, good or bad, that you can't do without for 40 days, you're addicted to it. Okay, let that sink in because many of you are like putting a list now like donuts. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, 
If there's something you cannot do without, like you couldn't set it down and walk away from it, don't look at it, don't touch it, don't think about it for 40 days, you're addicted to it. And it may be something good or something bad. We all know what the bad ones are. So, okay, that's a given that those aren't good for you. But what about the good stuff? Well, those can be bad for you too if they make you into a slave. See, this, that's what happens. Being addicted to something makes you its slave. And here's why that steals your joy because you're having to do what something else wants you to do. You're having to go somebody else's direction. You're not able to go where God wants you. You're, have, you're, you're stuck going this direction. Like, I mean, we're, I'm a little concerned for Ed. I think he might be um, addicted to golf. And uh, just a little. I don't think I've seen you go 40 days without playing. Oh, oh yeah. I, I actually walked the wet course the other day with water everywhere, and I still had to get out there. You think? Yeah. yeah. Might, might have a little yeah. bit of an addiction there. But see. What, if, what about your CrossFit stuff? It's a, that's um, that's health-related. See, I mean, that doesn't... Oh, that's right. That you just do that to support your... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm doing it to support my wife. Whatever yeah, you think. Now, okay, that's funny and all, but really, there, there can be good things that if they take you off track, they can take your joy away because they enslave you. Um, it's just not great. The third one, final one I'm going to talk about is being earthly... Minded, And he said it there in that little letter, too. He said, their mind is on earthly things. Um, you know, I don't really talk like that a whole lot t- today, but let me, let me put it in, in Chad's um, version. Um, that means being focused on my little circle, being focused on what's happening to me right here and right now, just this, my, on the little picture. If I'm focused on the little picture um, that, that could take my joy away because we've already said it in this series, inside my little circle at any given day, there can be things that are happening that I don't like. You know, circumstances can affect my happiness. And if that's all I'm focusing on, um, I might not be happy because, you know, if something happens, eh, I'm not happy about that. But if I have joy, it doesn't matter what happens in my circumstance. But here's the deal. To help me keep joy going well in my life, I need to look further and bigger out than just this little circle of Chad's little life. There's more world uh, out there than Bay City. There's more life out there than, you know, me and my little little thing that's happening right now today. And I, got, I need to remember that. And, and so if I do, I, I, can, I can focus bigger. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, so let me, let me think about what God wants. Let me think about where God wants to take me. Let, let me think about what, what God is, is saying, and, and, and that'll help me. So being earthly-minded, um, it'll distract me from God's big picture. It'll, it'll take me away from it, and it will help actually take joy away. So now, now you have those three things, right? So let's take a look at the key to help having this joy, what we're talking about here. Each week, we have the killers, but then we turn the coin over to say, okay, so what's a, another key to help me live in joy. Well, today we're going to go on in this chapter in Philippians, and Paul's going to introduce a new theme to help us get a picture of how we can live in joy. Let's go on in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Paul says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Citizenship is in heaven. Think about that. Kind of turn it over in your mind a little bit. Everybody's a citizen of some country, right? Everybody was born somewhere. And you may be somebody, you've been fortunate to travel abroad and been to some other countries. And, 
experienced some other cultures and languages and even maybe got to talk to somebody who they think really different than we think. Their, their, their worldview is, is a different kind of worldview. Well, everybody is a citizen somewhere, and, you know, we're extra aware right now in our country of our citizenship because we have the big elections and all that stuff going on. So Paul is using this metaphor of being a citizen to say, but we're a citizen of something else, something bigger, something greater. Our citizenship is in heaven. And, and what's cool is, even though as like an American, I can enjoy my citizenship rights and privileges now, well, the same is true of heaven. I can enjoy what God wants for my life now. It doesn't have to wait till heaven. Just like if I travel around the world, I'm always an American. Well, right now, I'm a citizen of heaven too. And if you have Jesus in your heart, you're a citizen of heaven. All right? So how is this a key to joy? Well, let's Let's put this in a, in a practical phrase and say, here's how we want to put it. Our key to joy today is to be spiritually minded. Paul is saying, I'm focusing on spiritual things. I'm thinking about heaven, being a citizen of heaven. So we're going to call that being spiritually minded. So how do we do this? Uh, as we get into it, Chad just talked about being earthly minded. And here, here's how we kind of think it works, that... This mindedness we're, we're using is about where our major focus is. Just like uh, yesterday when I was driving, after driving in the rain, man, I was so focused. And um, if there had been somebody with me, I wouldn't have cared what they were saying. And I don't know if the radio was on because I was just focused in this rainstorm. But when it let up, you know, I was able to relax. But that was my focus. So being spiritually minded means that's your major focus. Sure, you pay attention to people in your life and all that stuff, but we're talking the major focus, okay? So how can we cultivate a spiritual mindset? We're going to give you three practical things, and we're going to use focus to describe these. First off, focus on knowing God. Knowing God. Paul talks about this in a couple verses we've pulled together here for you in our notes today. And, and I love how he just makes it so simple and yet so powerful. He says this, I consider everything to be nothing compared to knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Now, I want you to think for just a moment about the guy who said that. The guy who said that, you would say, is, quote, a really big dog in his world. I mean, before he came to a relationship to God through Christ. He was a major leader in the Jewish world. He was a teacher there. He probably grew up wealthy to get all the education he had, and he was a big leader, and they would lay down their garments in the dirt so he could walk on them, literally. He was that big a guy in that world. Well, then God gets a hold of him and works in his life and does a lot of reworking and connects him in the way that matters and really brings life to God through Jesus. And now he uses him to go all over the world to start churches and to write this letter thousands of years ago that we have now as the very Word of God. So he was a big, big guy, did great big things. And what does he say about those? Put them all together, and I consider they're nothing compared to my relationship to God through Jesus. That's how vital and how real his relationship to God was that it was so strong and powerful and fulfilling and brought such joy to him that everything else added up to nothing. Let me go on with these verses. To know him is the best thing of all. So then he says, so I want to know Christ better. 
I want to know the power that raised him from the dead. He's saying, I want to know God better. I know I've found what life's all about. I want to know him. I want to know what he's like. I want to know the power he lives in. I want to know him. I want to be like him. I want to live like him. I found it. And so that's why we're saying today the most important thing is that we focus on this relationship with God. If we get this right, we get focused on the right road, going down the right road, everything else will start to work. He'll start to work in all of our lives. So being spiritually minded is about this relationship. Now the word knowing is important to understand. It's more than just knowledge in your head. This kind of knowing is a knowing that we get by experience. We actually experience something and then we know it. I can tell you all day long what vanilla ice cream tastes like. Well, it's sweet, and it has this kind of a nutty flavor, and, and I can try to describe it, but until you taste vanilla ice cream, you're not going to really know what it tastes like, are you? Well, that's what this word is, is, means in, it, in its deepest meaning is this is a knowledge gained by experience. And so Paul is saying, I have a direct knowledge of God, and I want more. I want to know Him better. And here's what's cool. As I get to know God and experience Him, I see how awesome He is. For instance, say I really blow it. You know, Chad messes up, and I just really fuss at him and give him a hard time. And go way over beyond just say, hey, dude, you blew it. I mean, just really give him grief. And later I'm like, God, Lord, that was bad. I'm sorry. Chad, I'm sorry. And God quickly just can give me a sense of you're forgiven. It's okay. I forgive you. And because I've experienced this forgiveness of God, I've gotten to know that He is so merciful. He's so patient and forgiving. And, and if you don't know Him by experience in this way, you may not really fully get just how merciful and kind and loving He is towards you and I. How about I'm about to make a decision, and I'm like, God, help me. And I, I'm looking for all the help I can get in making this decision. Lord, I'm reading in, in the Bible and praying and asking people for advice. And over time, it's like this happens. The world just gets narrower and narrower because God is beginning to show me, this is it, Ed. This is, this is right here. This is the way to go. And I begin to realize, man, God, you're making this clear. And, and I do that. I go that way. And I begin to see, this is right. This is working out. This is great. And if I pause and go, wow, that just shows how much God cares about my life. That he would show me so clearly and speak to my heart and use other people to help me get this right. Because I have this experience with God and Him guiding my life. So that's what's so cool about this. This is not just informational. This is relational. All right? So that's the first thing we need to do. The first focus of our life is our relationship with God. Now, there's another focus here. Number two is God's purpose for my life. God's purpose for my life. If it was only number one... And all God wanted to do was just bring you into his family through faith in Jesus and adopt you into his family and give you that relationship. If that was it, something like this might happen. Lord, come into my life. I'm sorry for my sin. You know, what we talk about every Sunday here, salvation in my life happens. Amen. Boom. I'm in heaven. If that's it, I mean, right? God would just take us to heaven. It's over. But it's not because this life here matters. God has a purpose for you and you and you and you and you and you and us, everybody. He's, he's created you in such a way that there's special things about you. And he's put spiritual gifts in your life to be used in his kingdom and to help people and to bless people and, and to just have the life that you feel like, man, my life matters. So you have a purpose. And my question is today, are, are you aware of any of the purposes of God for you? There's those 
you know, big decisions, career, friends, you know, things like that, but just on a daily basis. And how about in the church and in the kingdom? Are you aware of the spiritual gifts in your life? It makes life so wonderful that I'm not just here to live the rest of my life before I go to heaven. I'm here because God wants to make a difference on earth through me and every one of us in this room. Something we do in our church that we think is so important is we have this Sunday afternoon meeting every few months. We call it Essentials. And we invite people to come learn about our church and what's going on here so you can pray and you know, help you figure out if God wants you to be in this family. But we also take some time to help us talk about how God made us. We do spiritual gifts inventory. We answer these questions and it helps us figure out what's God done in me? What's He put in my heart to do so I can fulfill my purpose on earth? So we focus on knowing God's purpose for our life as well. And then finally... We focus on God's plan for my tomorrow. You remember we started with the phrase, Paul said, our citizenship is in heaven, and we have a spiritual mentality. Now he's kind of bringing the focus back to here. This is, this is where we're ending up in this section here to say, and our perspective is the biggest picture possible, eternity. We're looking at eternity and tomorrow. Look, he goes back to the citizen metaphor in verses 20 and 21. Let me read. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own, using the same power with which He will bring everything under His control. Now Paul is saying, hey, the big picture is being a citizen of heaven means you are going to be in eternity with God someday, and you're going to have a new body. Amen to that, right, brother? A new, wonderful, supernatural, spiritual body that never gets sick or has a sore back from trying to change a tire on my back. Man, I'm telling you, I can't wait. can't wait for that new glorious body. And so having this picture really helps us a lot. Let me give you a quote by the great uh, Christian writer C.S. Lewis. Here's what he said. Aim at heaven... And you get earth thrown in, too. But if you aim at earth, like Chad talked about, if you're just earthly-minded, you lose both. Because you don't even get earth in the way that's best if you're not connected to God and Him leading you into what your earthly life is supposed to be like. Aim at heaven, and you get earth thrown in. So it's this eternal mindset. God is in control of the future. Let me finish this section by this statement here. Have you heard this? Don't sweat the small stuff. You've heard that? Well, this mindset, this eternal mindset broadens that a little bit. And, and this is the mindset I think Paul is wanting us to have. Don't sweat the small stuff. And because God is in control and you're trusting Him with your life, everything is small stuff. See, that's the biggest picture possible. My eternity is settled. God's in control. It's all small stuff now. God's going to take care of it. So these three things, knowing God, knowing His purpose for my life, and having this eternal mindset really set us up to live in this joy that God wants us to have. And, and the joy that he's talking about is, you know, it's the joy that, that goes beyond happiness. And it's bigger than happiness. It's a joy that um, you keep and you get to hang on to no matter what's in your little circle or what's in your circumstance. It's, it's a joy that's a constant in your life. 
even if the video doesn't work or even if your tire goes flat or even if you get really bad news or it doesn't matter, um, the joy can be constant. Now, you might be um, somebody here today that's saying, you know what, I haven't, uh, I've been struggling. I've been struggling with that joy. You know, things just get me down and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time with that. God seems and feels like he's really far away. Well, uh, we, we, if that's you today, we'd love to take the time to pray for you. Uh, we'll have people up here for all these things I'm about to mention uh, after the service, and they'll take the time to pray with you and say, okay, well, let's pray, and let's ask God to help you find that joy and hang on to it and get rid of the joy, you know, whatever. They want to take the time to pray for you. Now, you, you might also be uh, a person that's like, well, uh, I don't even, okay, look, this is the first time I've been at church in forever or, or ever, and, and I just, I don't even know where to start. I mean, you're talking about joy, and that's great and all, but I got way, I got, feel like I got even bigger problems, and, and I, I don't even know. I don't know nothing. We want to pray for you, too. We have people that will take the time, that will pray with you, that will help you say, you know what, God? I, I want you to fall, lead my life. I want you to take me where I need to go. I want you to, to, to I need your help. Please, please help me. Uh, we have people that are going to take the time to pray for you personally about that. And, and, and if there's anything else, Anything else you need in your life, they will take the time to pray for you. We want God to, we want, we want you to have your life fulfilled. We want you to be who you were born to be. We want you to, to um, have the life that God intends for you to have and take you where he wants you to go. We want this stuff for you. Um, I mean, we're, we literally pray for these things. Uh, we, we were praying for that this morning. And so um, we want to take the time to do those things. God wants to touch your life. And wherever you're at, you may think you're the worst person in the world, or you may think, ah, oh, you've almost got it all together. Wherever you are, God still wants to reach out and touch you so that you can, so you can have a, a good life now and certainly uh, in eternity forever. Y'all stand as we get ready to be dismissed. Again, if you're a guest and you filled out that Connect card, please go to the guest services in our foyer and give us that card so we can give you that free gift. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that you want us to live this abundant life full of your joy. And that joy overcomes all circumstances and makes all the difference in our lives. Lord, I pray today that you would just continue to speak to us and that this week, Lord, these people here would experience your joy like never before. Lord, let your joy just fill them up and overflow and, and remind us to fight those joy killers this week and hold on to this joy you give us. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Come on up to get prayer.